Hi, this is Colleen Klinkenbeard, and you're listening to Bite. How's it going, everybody? That's right, it's my voice, which means it's time for another wonderful Byte podcast. Today is Input 2, Ball States and Byte's premier television and film podcast with myself, Aiden Hall, and my wonderful co-host, as always, Jake Doolin. Now, we're wrapping up, as sad as it may be. Mm-hmm. It's been, what, three years? Three Long years. time for Stars Frequency Underground, then we had Input 2, the radio show, now we're at Input 2, the podcast. Yes. So we're wrapping up. We don't know what will happen in the future, but for now, we're counting down sort of the most impactful. This week will be the most impactful TV of our time in college. Next week will be movies and finally our recommendations. Yes. So join us as we remember the good times, the bad times, and all the wonderful times in between. Mm -hmm. So 2012. 2012, freshman year. Good year. Coming into it strong. I I would not say this was a good year for either of us personally i don't think yeah that's one thing that really signifies my choices was freshman year sucked i think coming into it is like because we were both i don't think either of us were decided on no i was filming tv from the get-go from the get-go yes okay i chose it simply because i didn't want to do production so that was the third option but i had no idea what to think about tv or film i had no critical analysis nothing to know what a quality show was or you know, what to look for. So the reason I went into it right away is because I had been reading these sites and I was like, oh, I kind of would like to do this. And then I joined it and it was about halfway through the first semester. I finally got into a TCOM class Yeah, because I had to take all the uh, prerequisites, which are just awful. Some of the worst classes that you have to take, like natural science and math, 125. Just the whole core 40. The whole core 40. And it's just the biggest waste. The first semester of, of Ball State, I will say, honestly, felt like such a waste. In so many ways. And it was just not a good year. You know, I was yep. in Johnson B. You were at... I was in Johnson, Johnson B. Johnson B. And it's just like... No air conditioning. No air conditioning. And it was the hottest summer of our career here. Yes. And it was just nothing to look at. You know, outside my window was the... What's the circle building right outside Johnson B? Oh, the dancing hall. The Carmichael. Dance, Carmichael. There's nothing to look at. It but you had just, a parking lot right down yeah, by the lobby. Yeah, a parking lot right down there. So I spent a lot of time in my dorm that year just watching TV. I don't know about you. Oh, I went up to the penthouse and watched a lot of TV with friends of mine. What TV were you watching in 2012? As sad as I hate to admit that I watched this show, um, and we had a shared friend many years ago that was huge into the show for some yes. reason. They were also a huge fan of Aaron Sorkin's other shows. Just Aaron Sorkin. Just Aaron, just Sorkin, Aaron Sorkin in general. In general. Um, the show was The Newsroom, which if you've, you know it because every single Facebook friend you have at one point or time has shared the, why is America great speech? Yes. Somehow. And it, I have seen it from Trump supporters. I've seen it from Bernie Sanders supporters. And it's like, you don't understand what this is from, do you? No, no one actually sat down and watched the show. And if they did, they'd realize it was pretty boring. And uh, self-absorbed. And yes. just... The most pedantic thing ever, but I was hooked. Like, uh, the first episode's the BP oil spill, and yep. I just love seeing how these newscasters covered the events and how they were, you know, oh, the news is dropping now. She's alive until we get a news that she's dead. That was going to be one that I point to being the one that, like, immediately made me turn off the show because I was just like, what I hated about it was just Aaron Sorkin thought that because he had the foresight. All these events were, like, two years before the show mm-hmm. happened. So, like, the show came out in 2014. Uh, yeah, 2012. That BP oil spill was like 2010, so it was like two years beforehand or something like that. So there's a lot of like, this is the right way to report something. They never made any mistakes unless it was like very major mistakes. Yeah, like what they did in season two just to drive the story for season two. Mm -hmm. What was the season where they lied under oath or something? That was season two. Oh, yeah. See, I remember that just because I was like, well, the one mistake they made is so huge it becomes like a super big plot point. Because like – it was just not believable. Like the Gabrielle Giffords thing. They're like, yep. she's not dead until we report it. Like, oh my gosh. Like, Aaron Sorkin has this magic crystal ball 
that he's just predicting the right way to predict things. And that's been every single one of his shows he's had. I mean, mm-hmm. West Wing, you had The Perfect President, This Is How You're a President, mm-hmm. uh, Sports Night, This Is How You're a Sports ESPN Guy. Yes. And then The Newsroom, where everyone's the exact same character. No one has any faults in their jobs. I mean, sure, they can be imperfect outside, but mm-hmm. it does not affect their job. They're all Aaron Sorkin, in a way. They're all they are Aaron Sorkin types. And... You know, I th- was 2012 the first season of the newsroom, or are we getting close to the end of the newsroom at 2012? I think we're getting close to the end. I saw it because it was on an HBO free weekend, and they were marathoning the first two seasons. I think maybe it might be the first and second, because it only got three seasons. Yeah, it only had three. Yeah, and the last season was, I remember, our friend watching it and yep. not liking it either. So, yeah, I remember that first season pretty pretty well. Not, like, for good reasons, but I remember watching it yep. thinking, well... I've never been that big a fan of Aaron Sorkin, but maybe I'll like something he's made, and then I didn't. (laughs) But, I mean, like, what about the newsroom? You know, the thing that got me on it was I always dreamed of being, like, a late-night talk show host or a news anchor or, you know, and I guess I was just a sucker for, you know, the Coldplay songs and just that very inspiring, the monologues that um, Will McAvoy played. I have to give him credit for how he did play. He's Will a Mack. good actor. He's a great actor. Um, I forget his name now, and I usually remember. Um, he was in Jeff, Dumb and Dumber. Jeff Daniels. Yes. Um, and yeah, he was in Dumb and Dumber and Dumb and Dumber too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked it. It inspired me, and I would, you know, I'd watch that Why Is America Gray thing. I can't tell you how many times before. You know, because freshman year's scary. You don't know where you're do- going. You don't know what you're going to become. Mm-hmm. If I look back at it four years ago, I wouldn't think I was going to be on any podcast, much less in Byte, because Byte yeah. wasn't even a thing. No. And yeah. so I I used it as, like, this crutch, this empowering movement, and then I found out, you know, looking back on it, it is a terrible show. It is just an awful, non-entertaining show that... If you make Jane Fonda a villain in your show, you're already grasping at straws right there. Mm-hmm. But it was a good show at the time. It was the right show for you at the time. At the time, it was a fantastic. show I get for that. Me. I've, I've, I can definitely say like certain things have been the right show at the time for me. I look back and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I wasted how many years watching Family Guy? Yeah, I've watched. I've wasted how many years watching New South Park? And stuff like that. You know, and that's the thing. I'll probably still watch the new Family Guy in South Park. I know they're bad, but I have to watch them fail. Yeah. It's just the type of punishment we endure as TV and film students. We have to be up and aware of the media around us. But I like that. I like that I'm always in the know. That is something I do like. And I like the whole – the first few TCOM classes I took really started to give me that critical how to write and think about things. I think it was – oh, what's her name? Pam – not Pam. Uh, not Donnelly. Paige. Paige, Paige Waters. Paige Waters. Paige Waters was my first teacher Fantastic here. teacher. Yes. She was great. Um, TCOM 101, probably the one of the most fun history-type classes I've taken yeah. because it was stuff I wanted to know. Um, my freshman year was mainly spent doing classwork, and then I'd immediately come back, and I'd either play uh, New Vegas Such on my on my crappy – Xbox 360 that I brought with me that didn't have a a logo on the disc tray. It just fell off, so I had to, like, pull the thing out and then oh. push it back in. Yeah. Or I would be watching Community Season 3. because that was huge into Community. Yeah, I was huge into Community. That was one of the main reasons I was pretty comfortable with going to college. Because you have seen what it might be. I thought... This is a pretty idealized view of college, but it wouldn't. it's not too far off from where it currently is now, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the broad stroke stuff is... Like, like we're not having giant pillow f- fights and whatnot, but the general community aspect of it is pretty interesting, and I still return to it. I went back and looked at what episodes were airing at the time in at 2012, and it was like regional holiday music, which is amazing, like Glee spoof. They had Remedial Chaos Theory, which is probably the best episode of the damn show, <laughs> where they're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah. or no, they're playing um, sorry. Oh, yeah, they're playing sorry. And they're rolling the dice to see who has to get the pizza. Um, and then the other show I watched uh, religiously in freshman year was Friday Night Lights. That was the first show I ever marathoned. Now, was Friday Night Lights still going on in 2012? No. It was long gone. That's the whole thing was on Netflix. I had just got a Netflix account. I was like, I've never marathoned a show. I'm willing to try it. 
And Friday Night Lights has been probably my only successful attempt at marathoning a show. Now, you had a vested interest into it going in. You were a football fan. I liked football. I liked high school like sports. I liked the movie that was based on. And I liked the showrunner. He also made Parenthood. And he's making this really kind of boring show on Hulu right now with Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. That oh, cult sign? show. A path? Yeah. Really it, boring. Oh, it's not good? No, it's not very oh. good. Very like the actors are really good, but it, the show itself is very boring. But Friday Night Lights is just like if I had like a a list of like the things that if you put in your show, I'll just immediately like them. Friday Night Lights probably hits all of them. Just like another show I'm going to mention later on, but like it's about a small town. It's about like sports are like family bonding. Mm-hmm. It has religious tones to it. You know, the actors. Uh, it's a pretty multiracial group of actors. You have storylines about things that aren't about football. Like, they have probably the best abortion episode of anything I've ever seen. They have one of the best, like, episodes discussing, like, issues of sexual assault that I've ever seen. And, like, you don't expect that from a show about football. Right. You know? But they find a way to tackle, like, really big ideas. And it's some of the best teenage characters ever. They drink, they smoke, they curse. Kind of like average teenagers in the time. And, like... Granted, I will say if you want to watch Friday Night Lights, just skip the second season entirely. Just because, not good. Uh, what happened was the writer strike happened. Oh. And what happened was they tried to write it without the the normal writers who run the first season. The first mm-hmm. season's great. Um, the second season, you know, they take this grounded hometown of of uh, why am I forgetting the name of the town? Full eyes, clear hearts can't lose. Dang it, I can't remember the name of the town. <laughs> um, but. It was so grounded in reality, and then it starts off with um, Lu- uh, the kid from Breaking Bad, the uh, Meth Damon character. Oh, okay, yes. yeah. He was in the show. He was the nerdy kid in high school. Like He joined the football team the first season. He was horrible. He was getting better. Second season, he just full-on murders someone. And oh, they, yeah. okay. Yeah, and it was to protect someone who was being assaulted, but like he just full-on murders him and then dumps him in the woods, and we're supposed to be like, yeah, that was something that happened in his life. Crazy things happen when you're a teenager, and it's they take the groundedness and just like go completely off the rails. But oh. then they bring it back for the next three seasons, okay? And it becomes excellent. So it's a really great show. Definitely one that I would say is pitched right to at me, where I probably would. There's probably more faults than I see in it, but I will watch it every so often, and it still hits just as hard, which is a good sign to me, because like sometimes I'll go back and watch something like Parks and Rec, and I'm like. This isn't as funny as it was when I was first watching it, or yeah. it's not as emotional as I remember it being. Yeah, I tried to re- go and rewatch Parks and Rec, and it was a very one watch, and I was kind of good with it. Yeah, like Community, I can go back. That's what always bugged me. Like Community and Parks and Rec were always on at the same time, and Community never got the same recognition. There's nobody, you know, there's not as much fanfare as some, for something like Community as much as Parks and Rec. And I like Parks and Rec is a fine show, really. It's it's, it's fine. good. It's good, but it was never. It was so safe, and it was so, like, it was just like The Office in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I feel the same way about The Office. The Office was a fine show, but I do not get the the fandom behind The Office and Parks and Recreation. They were just, like, pretty good shows. They didn't do anything that different or that, you know, Unique. exceptional. Like, Community was doing different things every week and doing crazy stuff. And, like, even Friday Night Lights is pretty weird when you consider, like, people thought it was going to be, like, a football show and, like, very seldomly is football a main part it's mostly about the characters it's just assumed that football's there it's just assumed that football's there and yeah just really yeah both those shows in terms of freshman year I just remember sitting in my dorm watching them um, and really getting into like okay I can start to think about these shows a little more than just as shows I can start to see them as like pieces of art that you can critique and whatnot. and that was kind of cool to see um but yeah, that was my mainly my freshman year. I also remember like watching just reruns of like Roseanne. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like that's... Roseanne's a good show, but I just remember watching a lot of Roseanne because I think that's what Ball State's like uh, cable service yeah. is really weird. You just plug it in, and then there's like forty channels. There's forty channels, and like they don't really make sense what channels they pick to have. But no, you end up just with like. You know, your basic stuff, and then, like, AMC for some reason. Yep. And then, like, I don't think there was Comedy Central. No, we had Comedy Central. Okay. I don't remember Comedy Central. I don't remember, like, most of, like, the sh- channel, like, A&E or stuff like that. I, I don't think remember. we had A&E. Yeah, I don't remember, the like, 
It was very weird which ones we did and didn't yeah, get. Yeah, which very weird which ones we did and didn't get. But it sounds like our freshman year was pretty pretty good in terms of the media, not so great in terms of what we were doing. No. No. Sophomore year was a little better. Yeah, sophomore I came year back was sophomore definitely. year. That's when we first started doing bite stuff. Yep. I first started getting involved with bite stuff. And like I just remember coming here, going to Neuer, moving out of Johnson B. Where'd you yep. move? I stayed in Johnson B. You stayed in Johnson B? I stayed till they tore that place down. Mm. And I remember going to Neuer. I was like, okay, I finally have my own bathroom. I have, you know, a much better food selection here than I did at LaFalla. You could just walk to it. You could just walk right to it. I was like, this is going to be a much better year. In some ways it was. In some ways it was a worse year. In other ways, I think it was, like, the worst grade-wise for me and worst, like, school-wise. But Sophomore term- year is typically the hardest one for a mm-hmm. lot of people. And then in terms of, like, social stuff, that's when it really started to, like, kick off. Because I really didn't make many friends freshman year. Mm-hmm. Sophomore year it was, it was building because I went back to WCRD started working Frequency Underground with my co-host, Kara, and that WCRD is where I met Joe and Lucas and Nick, and that was where, like, the first bite meetings were held. It was oh, in yeah. WCRD. It was in the so, lobby. Yep. Um, what about you? Sophomore year memories. Sophomore of- year, I had I had gone through three roommates my freshman year, and so sophomore year, I finally found a roommate I was comfortable with, um, moved in, still one of my closest friends. I can't tell you how many nights I sophomore year I totally was out of it. I was, you know, my grades weren't that great. I got um I continued to work on the real deal. I you know, would always go in the penthouse and do like I think that was the year I was. I did the Miyazaki movie marathon in Johnson B where I played every single Miyazaki movie through like a 6 month or 3 month. Um every weekend we'd play two movies up there. That's cool. And, yeah, I was real, well. It was because to celebrate the wind rises mm-hmm. coming out, and it was just really neat because my roommate had zero knowledge of like TV and movies. So whenever he would bring his like girlfriend and his friends up, I would sit there and I'd recommend stuff for everyone to watch. And I still remember watching Casa de Mi Padre at like, um, or not Casa de Mi Padre. That's the Family Guy episode. I was um, gonna say that yeah. sounds very familiar to something that isn't. No, uh, what's the Will Ferrell Spanish soap opera movie? Your, uh, oh boy. Like, you know the one I'm talking about. I know the one you're talking about. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. Uh, It was that movie, long story short. And watching it like three in the morning. And that was when I really, you know, I didn't really know where I was going. I started falling into the, you know, I got into the Dr. Maria camp. For some reason, Dr. Maria absolutely loved me. Um, that's why I first met Kaiser, mm-hmm. and that was the dark ages, as we like to call them. Yes. And so, you know, I started to actually acknowledge being a critic, and that's when I found shows like uh, Gravity Falls. That was that was a big one. Um, House of Cards had just premiered that year, and I was really into that. Needless to say, I've grown out of that longing for it. Mm-hmm. But what about you? Sophomore um, year. 2013 to me... I was looking back on it. It wasn't that great of a year for TV in terms of what I can remember. I remember Gravity Falls. Yeah. I remember being really into Gravity Falls, but that really wasn't a college experience for me. I remember going home and watching Gravity Falls with my friends. That mm-hmm. was like a big thing. Um, the ones I remember were Orange of the New Black. The first season of that came yep. out in 2013. And I remember that was like the first Netflix show I really gave a crap about. And oh, I, it was one of them, period. Yeah, one of the few, period. And I was like, well, I'm going to try this going in with no prior knowledge. And it it was pretty darn amazing in terms of just what they managed to do in one season and now they're, you know, continuing to do just with their characters and their storylines. It's really really good show. Another one that's like really good to like binge watch. They really perfected it with that show, I think. Like no other show, like when we were watching Flaked a few weeks ago, oh, I God. could not imagine binge-watching that. No. It was the most miserable type of show. Well, and even Horace and Pete, you couldn't binge-watch. No, I couldn't binge-watch that, but that was for a completely different reason no. in terms of just, it was just so depressing. depressing. But Orange is the New Black had like a speed to it. Yeah. And there was like, it was dark, but like it was it still really going. funny and like really entertaining throughout the whole time. I could just... That, I got through that like in a day, and I've never been able to sit and just watch a TV show for a whole day. Um, and then the other one I remember was there was a really weird show on HBO called Enlightened. And it had Laura Dern in it, and it was about they, – they advertised it as like the female version of Breaking Bad. 
but it was Breaking Bad in the sense of like this woman breaks bad. She like used to be a company woman and then she becomes anti the company and tries to take the company down. Okay. And it was only on for two seasons, but I remember it because it was so incredibly weird and I loved it. And almost every episode was bookend by these long speeches that could have come out of like any self-help book. Like they mm-hmm. reminded me of like The Secret, but they didn't sound like they were trying to like pander to you. They right. were you believed it because Laura Dern's such an excellent actress. Like she does not get the credit she deserves. Her dad is excellent too. He oh, was Bruce in, Dern. Bruce Dern's great. Both the Derns are amazing. Um, but Laura Dern was great, and that's probably one of my most underrated shows I've seen ever. Like if you Bruce have an Dern was a- in Nebraska, wasn't he? Yes, Bruce yep. Stern was the old man in Nebraska. Um, if you have an HBO Go account, it's only two seasons. They go really quick. Um, if you want just a nice show that has one of the best good endings I've ever seen. It doesn't feel forced. Like, I don't want to rag on Parks and Rec, but, like, you know Parks what I mean. Parks and Rec was forced. Parks and Rec was very forced in that terms of— That last season wasn't needed. Yeah, where it was very much wish fulfillment. This is a show that the characters deserved a happy ending, and they get a happy ending with a little bit of darkness inside, which is realistic— but it got canceled after two seasons, which is surprising because HBO never cancels anything. They always let things go to the end. Yeah. Like even the leftovers, they let it get. They're letting it get that third season to finish. But they, it's a, isn't it a shorter season? I can't remember if it's a shorter season or not. But they they're letting it finish. Yeah. That's the thing HBO usually does, unless the show has just no viewers. Like, like that Jack Black show. Yes, like that Jack Black show or bored to death. Yeah. Remember that one? I remember Ted um, Danson and Galifianakis. Yep. Which I like that one a little bit. But it had its moments. It had its moments. But Enlightened is something that you should definitely check out if you want to see like a weirder show. Um, yeah, Laura Dern's great. She probably is the best performance I've seen in the last four years and on TV. Um, Mike White, I don't know if anyone knows who Mike White is. He wrote and directed almost every episode, and he's excellent in the show. He's um, – what else has he done? He's in a lot of nerd, nerdy comic book type of things. Oh. Yeah. It's very weird, like that he would write this show. Um, twenty thirteen was also that year that, like, um, I can't remember if it was twenty twelve or twenty thirteen, that year that HBO had that show called Luck, and it got canceled because it kept killing horses. Do you remember this? Oh, with uh, yeah, I do. It had uh, what's his face, the famous actor. Um, oh, he was in. I'm looking. The Graduate. because um, um, he was he got fresh out of prison, and for um gambling yes um dustin hoffman dustin hoffman yes dustin hoffman nick nolte um i remember that show it was really good i was sad they canceled it but i understood why like four or five horses died yeah during the making it was a show about horse racing and yeah four or five horses died and obviously like i don't think it was hbo's fault i think it was like the people who run in the show did not know how to because like hbo Game of Thrones has not had, like, a single animal death. No. And that has tons of horses, tons of animals. I think it was just, like, people running the show were just like, I don't know what to do with these horses. Yeah. So they ended up dying. Um, but that was a really good show. Very complex. If you don't know anything about gambling. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, but, yeah, sophomore year went by really quick. I don't I, – the main things I remember were just, like, the bite stuff. And I then, think the other show that I got into was Boardwalk Empire. That was the year that Boardwalk Empire really – Struck a nerve with me. Borok Empire is definitely an underrated show. It is. It, it, and it had a lot of star power to it, surprisingly. I think people saw it was made by Terrence Winter, and they thought, oh, it's going to be like The Sopranos again or something. And then it was like a different type of show, and they were like, well. Because, like, the, the general. Yeah. And, but it was really, it never was like, I would never say it was like one of the best TV shows ever made. No. But it was still a good, like, there were some really cool moments. Like, there was. That show had some of the coolest characters. You had Chalky White. You had the guy, the sniper with like half a oh, face. Oh, yeah. You had like all these cool characters. And then Dude. you even got to see like historical figures. Yes, like you got Al Capone. Al Capone doing cool stuff. Like, yeah, it was a cool show. I don't know how historically accurate some of the things were. I had not very. Not at very. All. But like, yeah, not a great show, but it was still really cool. And I mean, just to see like the whole world transform, like it felt like you were back then. Mm-hmm. And it never, you know, strayed away from that until like season three when it just went off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> because then they decided, let's introduce that chick from the medium, Patricia Arquette. And then they go to Cuba. And things. Isn't that the season where the one character falls in love with his mom? That's flashback, but yes. Okay. Yeah. No, that, that I, is... That's the one plot point I remember. Yep. Was that that was when I was like, Mm, this is the road we're going down. That season was a lot of flashback 
and not to a good place. Okay. Yeah, no. But uh, the first two seasons are solid. Yes, I will agree. First Probably two. one of the best acting Michael Shannon's ever done. Michael Shannon's great. I love him. Mm-hmm. Everyone in that show is really good. Steve Buscemi, absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. I think this is the first time he really got a chance to really shine as a dramatic actor. Yes. Um, but yeah, you know, it wasn't a great year for TV. I don't think because like when I was looking back, but there were some really the 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 really good shows were mm. really 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 good. They were. Yeah. Um, junior year, um, 2014. So, what was going on junior year? Uh, that was when I was doing news editing for Byte and podcast editing. Yep. And Those long Wednesdays in WCRD. Long Wednesdays in WCRD, waiting for people to get done with their shows. Yep. We um, do Frequency Underground. We would watch South Park or American Dad or something on the TV yep. in WCRD, waiting for people to get done. Um, this was... Before I got kicked off WCRD for saying the truth, the I truth remember matter, that night. The truth of that matter. Getting uh, you went in solo and you came out solo. Yep, yeah, I did. We had uh, our manager come in. He was not happy. Nope. But it was eleven o'clock at night. Yep, yeah, and I was saying some very truthful things about Ball State athletics, but I will not say them now. Nope. But it was a fun year. That was why the most fun I had. Like. In terms of college, senior year has been great, but like junior year was a lot of fun. It was a lot of like messing around WCRD, you know, oh, yeah. uh, going to events and stuff. Uh, I remember going out more, hanging out with people, uh, just being involved more, which is always I, if I was if there's one thing I would recommend, everyone always tells you to get involved in college. It really does. It helps. It helps. I mean, we were talking yesterday about how. You know, our major didn't set us up for careers. It didn't teach us no. what to do after college, but getting involved did. Yes. You know, being part of these organizations. Yes. Getting involved in an organization definitely can help you plan out, like, where you're going to go and everything. And junior year was just, I think, the tops in terms of, like, fun and also getting things done. We saw Joe and Lucas leave that year. Yeah. And we had, like, me and Nick move up to manager in EIC, and you moved up to podcast editor. And... We worked on a bunch of different podcast shows during that year that some of them didn't work. Some just flopped, and there was nothing we could do to save them. Nope. Um, but what about what were you watching junior year? Junior year, I had just moved into my new apartment, which, looking back, is an absolute pigsty. It's absolutely awful. But, you know, tiny, no furniture, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember the first thing I watched was on Netflix. It was The Blacklist Season 1. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, wow, this is a really interesting show if the main character wasn't in it. Because you, you watch it for um, Redman, Raymond Redman, yes. the main character. And it's it's just not good. Like, his scenes are absolutely amazing. And, like, seeing him with all these other characters is great. But then they try and shoehorn in, you know, oh, her husband's trying to kill her because he's a sleeper agent. I never cared about her to begin with. Is she really that necessary? And then, you know, it just it was just not a good show. And I watched season two, and I was like, this is still not a good show. Because they brought on um, Ron Perlman for a very large guest role, and he was in the show for maybe five minutes. <laughs> and it's just like, you don't just have Ron Perlman standing around. Mm-hmm. This is Sons of Anarchy. This is Slade. This is Hellboy. Ex- yeah. Have him do something. He's a great actor. And he was just like, oh, I'm a thief. No. I don't believe Ron Perlman's anything but a thief. Mm. You know, give me terrorist. Give me gang leader. Give me something. And they were just, and it was like Alan Alda would show up just to get blown up. And I'm like, oh boy, that's what I need in my TV show. A good old heaping bloody handful of Alan Alda. I just remember James Spader, like, becoming this ultimate cool guy. Yeah. Like, he could never fault, never do anything Fedora wrong. Fedora and all. Fedora and all, which I don't know why they thought that would be cool. But I just, yeah, the blacklist just became James Spader does some cool shit every week. And, you know, it just, it it just didn't outrageous. Do just hearing some of the things I would see reviews of it, I would just be like, he really did all that? And then, like... What I mean, what do you accomplish? It really must have been just James Spader paying to have them do cool stuff for him. Well, like, it was executive produced and directed by James Spader, so of course James Spader's going to be the cool one. Yes. Oh. I'm hey. just like, I love James Spader. Don't get me wrong. I loved him in Boston Legal. You know, I loved him, well, Boston Legal wasn't even that great of a show, but I liked him in it. 
I mean, I he's a fine actor. I just was sick and tired of seeing James Spader and him being the only good part of a show mm-hmm. that's on for over 50 episodes now. But then I went from that to Venture Brothers, which yes. I do fondly remember watching season five in my apartment. Got the DVDs and everything. And we sat there and we watched it. And mm-hmm. that was the same year that uh, we watched All This in Gargantua 2. Yes, yes, in my dorm room. Yeah. Watching it. Because I had cable. Martin and, Luther King Day. Yep. And it was a great special. I remember being so hype after it, and if only we knew what was coming. Ugh. But at the time, things looked great, I will say. It was a great special. It was a great time. I remember Venture Brothers very fondly. Um, in terms of what I was watching in 2014, I have... The main thing I was watching was Mad Men. It was the, well, it yep, was the final season. It was the first part of the final season of Mad Men, and I thought it was the better half of the two, although I did like the second half quite a bit. The first half was really good. You had, if anything, that show is going to be looked at in history as the show that a lot of people missed out on. It never won any Emmys. Like, John Hamm won one Emmy for his yep. performance because he was always getting beat out by Brian Cranston. Which, which is so weird. Which is so weird because Brian Cranston, honestly, for looking back, he gave one of the best performances of the last decade is Walter White. But my thing is, every single year he did, mm-hmm. I, I, I highly doubt that. If I look back at the nominations... Season two he didn't deserve it. That no, was a weak season. No, And John Hamm put, acted his heart out. And he is... Don Draper, to me, is a more well-defined character than Walter White. Every character on Mad Men is so well-written. Um, it's just going to be a show that people look back and like, wow, we really missed out on giving this thing awards. But then again, Sopranos I think won two awards yeah, its entire like lifetime. That. The the really excellent shows never get awards, honestly. No. The ones that are like merely good, they usually get awarded a lot. Case in point, Modern Family winning best comedy for like every year. Every single year. Um still not funny. Still I, not I, funny. Like I've seen a good chunk of Modern Family and I can't tell you when I've laughed. Um but no Mad Men the first half of the last season has some of my favorite episodes, uh, particularly Waterloo, which is the la- the season finale of the first half, where uh, one of the best character deaths happens, and then one of the weirdest endings to anything ever, where that character comes back to life to sing a song to Don Draper, <laughs> who might be suffering some issues at the end of the first half. But no, just in terms of like a show, like to me, Mad Men is like our version of. The Sopranos. Like, The Sopranos was, a lot of people were like, oh, it's just about gangsters and stuff. But it was really about psychology. It was about family. family. And it was about, like, you know, the end of an era, essentially. Because you're that, watching mobsters die. I mm-hmm. mean, it's going out of style. And in The Sopranos, like, the mobsters of the time, like, Tony Soprano is getting, like, body lotion yeah. off of trucks. Like, it's just the slim pickings that are all that's left for the mafia. And, like, in Mad Men, it's the end of an era of the 60s and, like, a certain time in America. And it's about psychology and family. It's not just about people who smoke in an office. Who sell ads. Who sell ads. Like, it's a much smarter show than I think people lit on. And I think it's a show that when we look back in the history of the last few decades, it's going to be one that people like, I really should have watched that show. Yeah. But it was really good. Um, I, yeah. That and I watched the first season of The Leftovers 2014. I also watched uh, BoJack Horseman. That was, I remember looking back and seeing um, seeing it on Netflix. And I was like, you know what? It's a horse. It might be bad. It might be good. And I remember I was sitting with my girlfriend at the time. And like, let's just watch it. Let's just see what it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first three episodes are your very typical, you know, um, Neil McBeal, the Navy SEAL. The first few episodes of BoJack Horseman are very hard to get through. They are, and they're very tongue-in-cheek. Sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're not. Mm-hmm. But then you get into like the mid-season, and it just keeps rolling and hitting you and keeping mm-hmm. you down. You're like, well, this is one of the best shows on Netflix. Yes. it. Arguably, I would say, besides Orange is the New Black, BoJack Horseman is the best thing on Netflix. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um that was going to be my 2015 pick because the second season of uh, BoJack Horseman. Well, yeah, we watched that together. Yeah. Before we get into the 2015, so we're senior year essentially starts 2015. Yep. We're rolling with Bite stuff, uh, finishing up 
classes and whatnot. Getting interviews. Getting interviews. Um, you started doing a lot more feature stuff. I started working as the features editor, and we started doing a lot more feature stuff. Um, just a ton of things going on 2015. Um the first one I was going to mention was BoJack Horseman yep. season two because I remember we watched it over the summer, and I loved it to death. I was not a big fan of the first season. I came to love it, but I wasn't a big fan of it. And the second season was just just good all just the way through, all the way good, all the way through. Even an episode like Famous People, do they know things? Let's find out. Was a good episode. Even the episode where it was, uh, they were saving the chicken. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Where they try to ex- like for some reason try to explain the whole meat issue in this world, like. I didn't really need that explained, but it was still a funny episode. It like, was. Aaron Paul is so good in that show. He's so Very underrated. Very underappreciated. And uh, why am I forgetting his name? Will, Will Arnett. Arnett. Will Arnett is great. Every character is super great in that show. Amy Sedaris is in that show as um, Princess uh, Carolyn. Carolyn. And yeah, no, it's a, it's definitely one that's going to surprise you. If you go into it thinking, oh, this looks like a fun little cartoon. It's not. It's not. I it's, mean, just season premiere of season two. You know, where his mom calls and says, it's okay, mm-hmm. you're broken. Mm-hmm. You're from a broken mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. Like, well, okay, I wasn't expecting to laugh today. Yeah, it's a very good make-you-feel-bad type of show. But it's feel-bad in a good way. Yes. Because it always gives you hope in the end. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going to happen next. Yes. One of the better season finales, I thought. Absolutely. Yeah. BoJack Horseman season two is great. That was definitely the first thing I watched in 2015. Is there a new season coming out this summer? Yeah. Or- Something like that. And um, The Leftover Season 2, that was the other thing I watched in 2015 that I was very much into, very, very into that show. You tried to get me to watch it, and I just couldn't. I understand completely. Again, this is another show, just like Friday Night Lights. It's about a small town. It's about family. It has religious tones to it. It's, you know. Okay, but the first episode of the second season was a little weird with the goat. It was a little weird, but I feel like I understood it as as the season ended. That's true. And... Yeah, in terms of just like that show now, I feel like it's it's pretty prestige in terms of like it's on HBO. It's up there with The Sopranos, I think, in terms of just like how quality it is. I'm interested to see how it ends because it is being made by the guy who made Lost and endings. So it could go anyway. It could go a lot of different ways. But I I am more on the side of I like his work. I know a lot of people don't like Lost or Prometheus or Star Trek Into Darkness. Oh, he did Star Trek Into Darkness? Yes. Oh. He was, yes. He wrote Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah. yeah. I can't. I mean, they're fine movies. I can't fault them. I like Prometheus a lot. I understand completely why people don't like these shows and, and those movies, but it's, yeah, it's pitched right directly towards me, and I'm super into into the leftovers. Fargo season two was also good. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I remember watching Fargo week by week. Mm-hmm. The other show that was on, um, I think it was on HBO. I can't remember the name of it to save the life of me. Oh, um, Matthew McConaughey. What do you? Oh, Harrison? True Detective. True Detective. Mm-hmm. Because we watched True Detective. Well, I watched True Detective, and I watched season two, and you watched season two with was, Vince Vaughn and Colin Farrell. It was just awful. There is nothing fun about season two. Like season one, going back, I rewatched some of that recently. It's still pretty fun to watch that. It's fun, it's, but it's stupid. Like it's it stupid. sounds deep at the time. I don't sleep, I just dream. Earth is a flat circle. Time is a flat circle. See, like, it works because, like, Matthew McConaughey is a much better actor than Colin Farrell. Absolutely. And um, Woody Harrelson is a much better actor than, um, I don't even, why am I forgetting his name, Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Vince Vaughn was just awful. And he was so, there. He was just there. And, like, the second season of True Detective was so bad. Like, I, first season of True Detective is so good. I'm surprised the same people made it or the same person made it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was so disappointed with True Detective season two. And my poor mother, when she was watching it, she had such hope that it was gonna get good. She watched that whole season. Oh. And I'm like, we watched the finale together and it just did not make any sense. It was just so bad. Um, I hope that they if they continue to make true detectives that they get some better writers. Because that guy can't write. Uh, it was very obvious that the first season was either a fluke. Or he just had a lot of help, because the second season was just him, and it was bad. Yeah, very bad. Um, but yeah, is there anything else twenty fifteen that you watched? Because it was it was a healthy year. It was a healthy uh, I mean, year. I watched a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, I remember watching like, well, no, Crazy Ex Girlfriend was this year. Yes. Um, hmm. Game of Thrones. I finally sat down. And I caught up on all of Game of Thrones, and that was 
I remember I sat that summer and I had someone I was texting who would tell me, you know, what's going on and who these people are. And I just remember being so detached from Like, I was never a part of the Game of Thrones hype. No. I tried to be. I really did. Because my friends all read the books and they were super into it. And I just, it was a pretty show, don't get me wrong. I just, I was not sitting on the edge of my seat waiting for a new season. I kind of feel the same way. I've read the books in high school and I think the books are much better than the, than the, the show. In the sense that the show now is just going so many different ways. Yeah. And like, versus Walking Dead, which also has gone very, very different ways from the comic book. I feel like most of the decisions they made in The Walking Dead have been pretty good. Most of the decisions that Game of Thrones have made have just been like, more rape. That's it. Yeah, no, like it's very, ooh, wouldn't this make us look more edgy and extreme? Like The Walking Dead, you can make, I give them tons of crap. And the season finale, I finally watched that. And it was oh, awful with yeah. Negan. The blood. Mm-hmm. Who do you think died? If they have any guts, it'll be Glenn. If Glenn? not, yeah, Glenn or Carl. If they kill Carl, I will say that that show, I will watch that show again. Really? Because, not because I hate Carl as a character, but I feel like that would show some guts. Yeah, I'm hoping it's Daryl. I honestly. feel like I that would be another one. I, I feel like if they kill Daryl, I, I would feel like, you know what? Because... Then they're the plot armor, to something. The plot armor of some of those characters has gotten to be the point of it's ridiculous. It's indestructible. Carl getting shot in the face, in the eye, yeah. and not dying is ridiculous. Because even in the comic books, that's why I kind of fell off after like issue 150 or whatever. It was just like, it is clear that Rick is never going to die. No. Carl's never going to die. You know, there's certain characters who are just not going to die. Michonne will probably never Michonne die. Michonne will probably never die. And it's like, okay, that kind of ruins any kind of... Uh, Fear I have, any kind of any kind of tension because I I know that uh this as soon as a new character walks in it'll just be like hi you're gonna get to know me for two issues and then I'm gonna die yeah same thing with the show but yeah Game of Thrones the the things they've added have just not made any sense to me I just I couldn't get into it and then you know 2015 was a weird year for me I didn't watch a lot of, I watched a lot of Fargo like I rewatched season one probably four or five times and then every week I'd watch season two Fargo was well. Very so well good. worth it. Very well worth it. And then we enter 2016. 2016. The final year. The end all be all. The end all be all. We saw a lot of good shows ending. We did. Gravity Falls ended. Um, Venture Brothers ended for the time being. First new season in like three years. Yeah. Ended for the time being. Um, for me, 2016 has mainly been about two shows. A Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, for one. Yep. I have... That show has captured me in a way that Community had when I first started watching Community. I, I don't watch shows usually as they air. I usually watch them the next day, or I'll catch up with them as time goes on. I watch that show every week. Really? When, when it when it airs, I watch that show. And the music is so good. The characters are so good. It's dark, but it's also very light and funny. And the, Rachel Bloom is just a great actress and really excellent writer. And then, uh, well, what 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 one show you're watching 2016? One show I watched in 2016, um, obviously, Making a Murderer was I know was the one that started. Mm-hmm. That was the one that I definitely sat down and I watched. 2016 started with a lot of disappointment because that's when I watched uh, Marco Polo. That's when I watched um, F is for Family. <laughs> that terrible Bill Burr Vince Vaughn animated comedy that was anything but funny Mm -hmm. i don't know why people are trying to make justin long an actor but they should stop um i started watching crazy ex-girlfriend because you told me to um i dropped off i think i'm only three episodes in so i'm gonna definitely get caught up it's well worth it that's what i've heard Mm -hmm. um but yeah no like making a murder was probably the most solid thing that i started the new year with and I just never really, I don't know. You didn't watch much else. Well, I watched uh, American Crime Story. American Crime Story is great. That was just wrapped up last week with probably the weirdest ending. I'm ready to see it because I've heard it's pretty weird. I've heard that it ends with an OJ thing. It does. And I'm I'm excited to see it. Um, that show's been great. In terms of I hate most Ryan Murphy things, I think it's because it's kind of like American Dad where Ryan Murphy's just like there to help. Yeah. And... The people writing it apparently next year. Oh, I got to pull this up because it it was so weird to me. American crime, OJ. Because they've already like said that what they're going to cover next year, and is it the what is it? 
Um, well, one, I think CBS is doing something with the Mendez brothers. Um, but American Crime is going to tackle... Oh, my gosh. I was excited when I saw it. I'm loading it right now. Scroll, 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 scroll. Scrolling. Hurricane Katrina. How how do you cover Hurricane Katrina? I don't know. I, well, I like the OJ trial was the OJ trial. I don't know how you cover Hurricane Katrina as a crime story. I think they're going to focus on it being like a failure of the government or something. Okay. To to FEMA and whatnot. I feel like that's the way it's going to go. But I don't know. That that doesn't sound that good. I'm excited honesty. to see it. I, I in terms of what they did with like race and whatnot this season, I feel like that's a pretty good story to tackle race with. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know how they're gonna do it, but I didn't know how they were gonna do OJ and they managed to do OJ pretty darn well. They did. So honestly the weakest part of it I would say is Cuba Gooding Jr. Which... Cuba Gooding Jr. And, and John Travolta. Yeah. Yes. The the big stars were Mar- uh Marisha Clark and uh Johnny Cochran. Yeah. He was amazing. And, yes. He was amazing. Um the other show that's defined my 2016 has been Horace and Pete. Yep. I cannot get it out of my head. It. I cannot get it out of my head. The last few episodes, I went and rewatched them again. They are as good as of TV as I've ever seen in my life. I know a lot of people are focusing on the fact that it, it's a very messy show. People are still hitting their mics. People yeah. are still like the audio levels don't really work all that well. But like, it's just so good. And like, what it's trying to say about like how people change through generations is really interesting. Louis C.K., I think at this point, I no longer see him as a comedian. I see him as a auteur filmmaker. filmmaker. He's such an interesting writer and filmmaker. Like, yes, there's funny elements to that show, but like, it's very dramatic. And like, I went and rewatched some of Louis. Mm-hmm. The best episodes of that show aren't the funny ones. It's the ones that he's like filming and like showing parts of New York and like parts of his day and whatnot. So he's, it's it's really interesting stuff. And Steve Buscemi's great. I think Steve Buscemi and Alan Alda deserve uh, Emmys for their performances in that show. And Louis C.K. is a really good dramatic actor. Here's one moment in the in the season finale that's so good where he starts, like, smiling and then crying and then, like, kind of realizing he screwed up in a way. That's just so good. So I good. I still remember when Louis C.K. had a sitcom on HBO years Lucky and years Louis. ago. Lucky Louie. Lucky Louie. Years ago. And it, I remember even when I was a kid, I was like, this is not that funny. I, no. It was so bad. Like, I remember one where... Like this guy, his neighbor gets a Japanese samurai sword from a pawn shop and it breaks when he first tries to use it and then he brings it back. And like, that was the story? That was the story that you gave me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you're talking about exactly and it is not very good. And then we go right back to Horace and Pete where he's, you know, great. Mm-hmm. I also watched uh, Baskets, the Baskets. Zach, Zach Galifianakis show. Baskets is so good. My dad I, was trying to get me to watch Baskets for the longest time, and I was like, I don't really know. And I went home, and he had all the episodes saved. He's like, just watch them. I marathoned all the way up to the Sugar Pie episode. Oh, yeah. And it's so good. Louis Anderson is so good in that show. But you you haven't heard anything about Louis Anderson in like the past 10 years. No. And then they just come out and they do this. How did they find out that Louis Anderson could be that good? As, as a woman, as, as a, a mom, as a mom, as a woman, and like even Zach Galifianakis is the twins. He makes the twins so different. Mm-hmm. Like that show, that one blew me away. I was like, and it's executive produced by Louis C.K. It is. It's mm-hmm. another C.K. show. Mm-hmm. I it's, just, I love Baskets. It's such an underappreciated show. I almost feel like I feel bad for Galifianakis as himself on that show, but it's and he's a great. The w- episode where they take the guy who runs the rodeo to what they think is going to a murder. Oh, that's yeah. one of my favorites. I'm an old cowboy. <laughs> so weird. And yeah, Baskets is so good. Go watch Baskets. Oh, it's so good. And Horace and Pete. And every show we recommended so far because they're all pretty good. Um, yeah, that's the end of our, our uh, tri- time travel through the, through some shows. Is there any t- shows on the horizon that you're looking forward to? Anything? I feel like the last season of The Leftovers is really going to be a big defining show for me this year. I feel like... Steven Universe, when it comes back. Comes out this summer. Yeah. I'm definitely going to be looking forward to that. And whatever Louis C.K. has cooked up, I'll watch. <laughs> what about you? Uh, Probably BoJack Horseman. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Steven Universe, same as you. Um, I don't know. Now that I know what American Crime Story is going to be about, Fargo Season 3 
if it's coming out this set year. Set in 2008. 2000. Yep, it is set in 2008. Yep. Definitely Fargo Season 3, since we don't know who's in it or what it's going to be about. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely excited for that. And just, you know, I'm probably going to just do me. Got some got some other, like, animes and stuff that I'm looking forward to. So what was by far one of your favorite, since we're wrapping up, next week we're going to do movies. Um, what is by far one of the most poignant moments of your TCOM career? TCOM? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess taking uh, Brookie's video game class and meeting people that I would later work at with Byte. I remember that class being just a flyer on the wall. Yeah. And I was like, ah, I'll sign up for that. And I signed up for it, and, and yeah. Here it led are. me to here, yeah. What about you? Um, Probably TV genres with Dr. Maria. Just, it just set me, making me know that, I know it sounds terrible to say, but I felt like I knew more about what people were talking about. It helped me get into the groove of things. And mm-hmm. once I knew more about, about tv than dr maria that was such a satisfying feeling like i had actually accomplished something side note um me and you in um mr umansky's tv genres class because he did not care <laughs> he did he was i would just come into i wasn't even on the class roster i would just come in with you yeah and sit and watch the tv shows he that was probably one of my highlight class i can tell you i learned absolutely nothing in there but it was just a ball i did not miss a single class it was just great to be in there mr umansky you know, he great would ask law me prof- questions. Great law professor. I think I've learned a lot from him in terms of law stuff. In terms of TV stuff, I learned absolutely nothing. But it was just great hearing him talk. Oh, um, where he was he made you watch like two episodes of Black Jesus on Adult Swim? Yes, yes, because he wanted to see it. <sighs> um, just a great, great time. I remember I was in there and that guy played uh, the regular show Goose episode. Mm-hmm. No, I did. No, it was the one guy doing the presentation with the cartoons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he played Aqua Teen Hunger Force right after that with the turkey. Yep. So So good. good. But look out next week for movies, and we will talk at you later. As always, I'm Aiden Hall. And I'm Jake Doolin. And we will see you next time. Good night, everybody.